I met Kobe one time backstage at an event for ESPN in New York. And I saw him and I thought, oh my gosh, that's Kobe. I got to get a picture for the gram. Hmm. That's the picture. I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him, he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said, and then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. I asked him for advice on raising girls, seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time. And he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, he said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the most, being a dad, being a girl dad. Pretty somber day yesterday. I, uh, I had to get out of the hotel room. No matter where I went, whatever I was watching, whether it was golf yesterday, basketball, the Pro Bowl, and, of course, the news programs. And God, did I pray that TMZ was wrong. God, I, I prayed. And um, you know, tough, tough. And then we went to dinner last night, and I was like, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. But you know what? We get through it. We've gone through it before. But it just, it hits you. And I think it hit all of us yesterday. And even coming over this morning, we sat in the car. We didn't say a word to each other. And I go, I got to get my act together. I got to do this today. And once, once again, there's, there's, no, there's no handbook that says this is how you do a show like this. So uh, bear with us. We'll do our best. Um, we'll try to laugh a little bit. I want to celebrate Kobe Bryant. And I think that sometimes gets lost. You want to mourn, and the reason why it hurts so bad, because of who he was. And he had just started this second career, really a second life. And the, the thing that always stood out with Kobe Bryant was, and this will surprise you, when you say the one thing that stood out with Kobe, his curiosity. I've never met a more curious athlete in my life, because he wanted to know about everything. It wasn't just basketball. He would pick everybody's brain because he wanted to be better than Michael Jordan. Like, imagine somebody saying, I'm taking on the legacy. He wasn't afraid of it. He wanted to be better than Mike. You know, other athletes would go, well, easy, don't do that to me. Kobe's like, bring it on. He wanted it. And, you know, he was curious about things in life, about fatherhood, business, movies, everything. And whenever he came on, and we're going to play an interview that... The last time was Kobe was on was April of 2018. He had won an Academy Award, and we had him on. And he does talk about his daughter, how good she was at basketball. Um, and there was a, a clip that I want to play where Kobe was on with Jimmy Kimmel. And this is October of 2018. And this was great. Here's Kobe with uh, Jimmy Kimmel talking about Kobe's daughter. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does for sure. She does. Like, I, I don't. It means this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great, dude, man? I, I'm telling you. 
best, the best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, Hey, you gotta have a boy. You and V gotta have a boy, man. You got somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, Oh, I got this. That's right. Yes, you do. You got this. He jumps up in his seat on Kimmel. Like he's like, Whoa, you know, she, she's ready to go. I, you know, I don't need a boy. I got my basketball. I know Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, and seven of their friends were killed in a helicopter crash yesterday here in Los Angeles. And that was a punch in the gut for many of us. Kobe was, and I know this might not make sense, but he was just the last person you could ever imagine something like this happening to. He was so strong and, and handsome and smart and energetic. He was a hero. And when I say that, I don't mean a hero like real heroes, like firefighters or doctors and nurses who actually save lives. I don't mean to compare what he did for a living to what they do. Um, I know there are more important things in basketball. Almost everything is more important. But Kobe was a hero in the way Superman is a hero. He was so big. It was almost like he was a fictional character. He was a real life superhero with a costume and everything walking amongst us. Those of us who love the Lakers know it seemed like he always came through. He always showed up to save the day. He wanted to save the day. He had a force of will. He never gave up. As an athlete, he was incredibly gifted, more than almost anyone. He was talented beyond reason, and yet he worked harder than everyone. He worked harder than people with much less talent than he had. He took his job and his pursuit of excellence so seriously, he was completely dedicated to being as good as he possibly could be, which is inspiring to anyone who does anything. And we loved him because of that, but we also loved him because he was ours. We watched him grow up here. He came to LA when he was a teenager and unlike almost every other superstar athlete, he never left. In his 20-year career, he only wore two uniforms for the Lakers and for the United States Olympic team. There were times when it seemed like he would leave, but he didn't. He stayed until the end. And he's someone almost everyone in this city loved. And not just Lakers fans. Everyone would light up when they saw him. I saw it many times. He was special. He was a special person, a great basketball player for sure. But more than that, he had uh, so many interests outside of sports. He was intensely curious. He would call people he admired to interview them, business leaders, writers, inventors, he was always learning, always improving. He had a hunger for that. When he was injured, when uh, he tore his Achilles, I sent him a book. And he, to my surprise, he read it and then called me to discuss it in maniacal detail. He wanted to know everything about it. And I was like, I don't know, Kobe. I didn't write it. I just bought the book. And I had to put him in touch with the guy who wrote the book. And that's what he was like. I had many conversations with Kobe off of television, and they always involved his daughters, always. Once he retired from basketball, his life revolved around their lives. He was very proud of them. He loved being a father. When my son had heart surgery, he checked in with me repeatedly. He made a point once, Billy, my son was out of the hospital, to meet him. He wanted to meet him. And from time to time, he would check in to see how he was doing. And yes, I know he was not a perfect person. I understand that. Um, my intention is not to canonize him or or make judgments about things I don't know anything about. But I will say. He loved his family. He worked very hard and he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people in the city and we're going to miss him. And I hope you will pray for his daughter, Gianna, and for their mother, 
Vanessa, for the three girls Kobe left behind who lost their father and their sister, and for his friends who were on that fight, flight with him, the Altabelli family, Christina Mauser's family, the Chester family, Ara Zabayan, the pilot. I can't imagine how much they are missed. This was a terrible loss for those families and for the Lakers, for Kobe's teammates, for his fans. It's just, there's no silver lining here. It's all, it's all bad. It's all sad. He was uh, a bright light, and that's how I want to remember him. He was on the show 15 times. We had uh, many fun and interesting conversations, and tonight we are going to share some of those to remember him. The world was heartbroken yesterday by a helicopter accident in Los Angeles that claimed the lives of nine people, including that of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Kobe was such a life force, so strong and creative and inspired that in my head I thought that he was going to live forever. I, I met Kobe when he was 17 and I was 21. He was a rookie on the Lakers and I was just starting out in the comedy scene in LA. We were at a party and we didn't know anyone at the party so we just started talking. And I said like, hey, what do you do? He goes, I play basketball. I go, well, where? And he goes, for the Lakers. I go, wow. Uh, he goes, what do you do? I'm a stand-up comic. We just got along. We hit it off, started talking. He was telling me he was into poetry and I met his sister. She was there. And, uh, and so then the guy that was having the party said, uh, hey guys, who wants to make a beer run? And uh, Kobe wasn't drinking, he was 17. So he goes, uh, I'll do it. He goes, Jimmy, you want to come? So I go, okay. So I get in the car, it's me and Kobe Bryant. And we, he's brand new in LA, and me too. I didn't know LA at all. And we drive down Sunset Boulevard to this place called Pink Dot. Yeah, it looked like a 7-Eleven. I, I thought it was a 7-Eleven. You pulled in, and uh, but it wasn't a 7-Eleven. Anyway, uh, so I go in and I, I open the door and it's locked. And the guy goes, uh, sorry, I can't sell you anything. And I go, we just want to get, uh, the beer, some beer right there. He goes, yeah, I can't do that. And I go, well, just real quick, we know what it is. It's just there. And he goes, yeah, th that's not how the way this place works. We're delivery only. We're not allowed to sell things. And I go, uh, okay. And then the Kobe takes out his ID and he puts it up against the glass and he goes, I'm a Laker. <laughs> and the guy opened the door and <laughs> we walked out with five cases of beer and we saved the party. So we, we saved the party, we said goodnight, and of course, uh, Kobe went on to become a legend. Five NBA titles, two Olympic gold medals, 18 all-star appearances, one of the most brilliant and most respected players in NBA history. And when we'd run into each other over the years, we'd laugh about that night that we first met. <laughs> we'd laugh at all the good things that have happened since. And we laughed about how much fun it was to raise kids and all the stupid mistakes we made trying to figure out how to be good dads. And Kobe had four daughters, and I had two daughters. And today, he and one of his girls are gone. But I think I, I knew Kobe enough to know that he rose to any challenge by digging deeper and getting back to work. So let's honor Kobe, Gianna, and the other lives that were lost yesterday by following his example. Love your family. Love your teammates and outwork everyone else in the gym. To Vanessa and all those affected by this tragedy, we love you and will always be there for all of you. Kobe, when we meet again, we're going on a beer run. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it today more than ever, more than I did yesterday, and tomorrow I will appreciate it more tomorrow than today because life is short. I have mentioned before uh, that we tape the show in, in advance and uh, we taped yesterday's show last week. Whew. Today is Monday, 
and yesterday was Sunday. It happened to be my birthday and the Grammy Awards. I was nominated. I didn't win. Not the point. <laughs> yesterday was supposed to be a celebratory day. And um, then we got tragic news about Kobe Bryant. And everything changed in a second. And mm, that's what I want to talk about. Life is short and it's fragile. And we don't know how many birthdays we have. So just... We don't have to have a birthday to celebrate. Just celebrate life. And if you haven't told someone you love them, do it now. Do it. Tell people you love them. Call your friends. Text your friends. Hug them. Kiss them. Be nice to the people at the DMV. They're people. <laughs> Be nice to them. And I love each and every one of you. I know that you, you wait for tickets and you get here and you pick out your TV outfits and you do your TV hair. And... <laughs> I appreciate it very much, and I know that I am lucky to have a wife who loves me so much, even though I don't have a Grammy. Um, <laughs> I get to come to work every single day with people who make me laugh. I love everybody I work with, and I can't believe I get to introduce this amazing guy every single day. I love him so much. This is Twitch. <laughs> I love you. Um, first off, happy birthday. Um, and I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, honestly, with, with that being said, there's like, uh, and I'm sure y'all can agree that like this is kind of the perfect place to be right now. Um, when you need this kind of inspiration and, and, and a little boost of love like this is, this is no better place to be than with you to kind of get this right now. So thank you and love yeah. you. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Literally, I was backstage before the show started. That's why it took me a minute to get out here because I was saying to Twitch because we've both been sad today. And I said, we're going to go out there and we're going to just fill the room with love because yep. that's what everyone needs. And then I come out here. The first guy I thought of when I heard this news the other day. Of course, I talked to you and Charles and Kenny later that afternoon. But <clears throat> then I saw that you had gotten a text from Kobe that morning, or Sharif had gotten one. What, um, how do you, how have you been over the last 48 hours? Well, as you know, it's already been the last couple months been really tough. Uh, lost my little sister, haven't been sleeping, haven't been doing the normal things I usually do. I work, we laugh. We kid, we joke. When I get back home and look at reality and say she's gone, it was just hurts. So the other day I'm downstairs working out with my son Shakir and my nephew Columbus. And my other nephew comes in crying and he shows me his phone. And I snapped at him. I said, man, get that out of my face. Just get it away from me, you know? We live in a world where anything could be photoshopped, anything could be hoaxed. I didn't want to believe it. And then I got the call from you, Charles, Kenny, everybody called me. And then we found out it was confirmed. And I haven't felt the pain that sharp in a while. 47 years old. Uh, Two, lost two grandmothers, lost a Sarge, lost my sister, and now I 
lost a little brother. We, uh, our names will be attached together for what we did. People always ask about our relationship. And I tell them it's just like me and Charles. You got two strong-minded people that are gonna get it done that way. You're gonna say certain things. The respect will never be lost. But when it comes to be inside the lines and win, that's what me and him, that's what we did. That's what me and Charles, that's what we do. It was sort of like a triple, triple stab into the heart because after you cry and wonder about that, then I get back on the internet, Rick Fox is on the plane. So now I'm, I'm, I'm sick even more. I'm calling Rick, he's not answering. So now I'm, 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 I'm like, what's going on? And then the final blow, his lovely daughter was with him on the helicopter. You know, we, every time I saw his lovely wife and his kids, same thing I do with, with, with Kenny's kids and D-Ray's kids. Hi, my name is Uncle Shaq. I don't know if they know me as a bachelor, but it doesn't matter. I just, hi, I'm Uncle Shaq. I try to make him laugh. And he would do the same thing. Sharif called me devastated and said, Kobe, just text me to check and see how he's doing. And he used to do that from, from time to time. You know, it just makes me think that in, in life, Sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. D Wade, hold on, that Rush. Go. We uh, we up here, we work a lot, and I think a lot of times we 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 take stuff for granted. Like I don't talk to you guys as much as I as much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got ten. Those are the things that you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him. Again, last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so it, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox called, finally called me and said, man, I love you. We shall call me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people rather than always procrastinating because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. I was thinking the other day, I've, I've never seen anything like this. All the basketball idols that I grew up, I see them. They're old. Like I used to be at home. When you came to interview me, Ernie, I used to watch the great Mount Lowry rebound. Now I'm working with him. I used to want to be Dr. J. He used to live next door to my mother in Orlando. My father used to tell me about the three great big men. I met him. I seen him. And the fact that uh, 
the last probably world's greatest Laker, world's greatest basketball player. Just I, listen, people are gonna say take your time and get better, but it's gonna be hard for me. I already don't sleep anyway, so. But I'll uh, I'll figure it out. My condolence goes out to his family, his mom, his dad, his sisters, the other families, everybody involved. Make an organization. I talked to Jeannie and Linda. And uh, people here are hurting, especially in this organization. You know, some people have to get treatment and some people just just don't understand. Because it hit all of us out of nowhere. I didn't want to believe it. I said to myself, I, I hope somebody, some butt face made this up and it's not true. I didn't want to believe it. And then after getting all the, com- the, the calls and then you finally feel it's concerned and just... It just, you know, my spirit just, uh... Welcome an old friend into the house. Yes, yes, yes. Who is it, Shaq? Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest Laker ever, Mr. Kobe Brown. What's up, Kobe? <laughs> What's up, my man? How you feeling? I'm doing good. Listen, I, I think right now it's time to clear the air because I've said many times that we were the most enigmatic, controversial, most talked about dominant one-two punch. I just want people to know that I don't hate you. I know you don't hate me. I called it today a work brief is what we had. I was young, you was young. But then as as I look at it, we won three out of four, so I don't really think a lot was done wrong. So I just wanted to clear the air and let everybody know that no, I don't hate you. We had a lot of disagreements, we had a lot of arguments, but I think that both few of us and I was thinking about the other day why Phil Jackson never really jumped in because he knew that you say something about me, I get pissed off. I say something about you, get pissed off. And again, it worked. So thanks for coming on the show. I just wanted to clear the air. And I know we said a lot of crazy stuff, but I had fun doing it. Did you have fun doing it back in those days? You know, it's funny, man. I, I did. But here's the thing is that, you know, what we did, our disagreements, what made those things special is that we shut them to each other's face. And we, we, exactly. didn't, we didn't go behind each other's back and whisper to our teammates about just that and the other, right? Because that's just nothing but create friction and it's cancerous to the team. When you get things out right in front of each other, you say what you're thinking, you have those disagreements, you agree to disagree, you move on, all of a sudden the integrity of the team is preserved. And then when you come out of that, you know, you know, agreeing or whatever the case may be, then the team is all the more better for it because now you have more momentum. And I think that's what really catapult now, when was the last time that you guys had a conversation where you really sat down and talked and maybe discussed some of the things? I don't know. Uh, I've learned, Kobe, that Shaq's not a man really to talk about a bunch of what's going on in the past. What about yourself? And when was the last time you guys actually chatted? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a very nostalgic person. Yeah, I'm like Shaq and I'm like the same because we look at the jewelry that he's won. Can't argue that. I mean, I mean, but you know what's fun to me? When when was the last time we played? Kobe? 2004? Yeah, 2004. And 2015, 11 years, and they're still talking about it. So that's kind of funny to me. But again, you know, I'm here to say that no, I don't hate you. Do we have disagreements? Yeah, we always have disagreements, but it worked for us. I got to ask you a funny question right now. Did your wife have a typo last night, or is your nickname really baby? <laughs> No, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Babe Ruth. Yeah. 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 Y
Afro monster. You know, I, I got all kinds of uh, but Kobe, if you're Babe Ruth, you know that you know that maybe LeBron's gonna be whispering that in your ear. Some other players might be whispering what, that. You know. I tell you what, I do not care what they whisper. Babe Ruth will still drop it. <laughs> That's a way to hear. I am mad at you by one base. How the hell would you pass me up on points? How'd you do that? Yeah, but Kobe, you want to know what's crazy? I didn't even know where you was at, and I come to TNT and, and fat-ass Barker said, you know your boy about to pass you up. I'm like, pass you up for what? Points. So I went to look, I'm like, damn, this dude got a lot of points. So you passed up the great Michael Jordan last year. What's next for you? I mean, I mean, is, is this your last year? What are you doing? You know, you got five rings. You passed up Michael Jordan in points. You told me that when you was 18 years old. I was like, okay, whatever. Whatever you say, little homie. But, but you did it. Everything you said you were going to do, you did it. What's next for you, man? You know, I'm just, I'm training and getting ready for this season. Like, I can't. Like, I'm really excited about it because it's, uh, this is my 20th and um, you're absolutely in the end. I'm right in 20 years. That's not Damn. You can imagine playing for 20 years back in the day, man. So I'm just getting ready for it. I'm really excited for this year. I was hearing a story, Kobe and Shaq, about the 2002 Western Conference Finals before Game 7 with Sacramento that there was a phone call, and I actually read newspaper accounts that this is out there, that Shaq called Kobe at 3 in the morning because neither one of you could sleep before Game 7. First of all, is that a true story that's out there? And if there was a 3 a.m. phone call before that Game 7, can you guys tell us what you talked about? Yeah, that is true. I'm gonna have- that, that used to be up all the time. Like, we used to do that all the time. We used to hit each other up at random hours. Because we understood that we were the engine that was driving the team. So we had to make sure that we were connected, you know, at that level to push everybody up. So, yeah. So, but what was said? I mean, were you like, before game seven? Because that was, you guys, if you lose that game, in fact, that game was hanging in the balance. And I'm gonna tell you what it was said. dramatic coming I'm, I'm going to tell you what was said. I say, Kobe, you ready? He could be like, hell yeah, you ready? You ready to hit them through the hole? and be like, yeah, I'm going to be ready. <laughs> so it was more just, yeah, you know, no, yeah, just, you know, just joking, having fun. Yeah, that's all. Just check in with your job. Jack used to come up and tell me. He used to be like, all right, cool. You know, this series will take turns. You, you get him this series. I'll get him the next series. You get him the next series. Like, we used to do that type of stuff. He's like, all right, cool. You know, go kill him. You know, go, you know, go get him this series. So, you know, Jack, this is on you now. You got it now. So, we used to literally alternate who dominates what series. Was the 2004 team Shaq and Kobe the most talented team, even though you didn't win a championship that year? I don't know, but the most fun we had, the most fun we had to me, Kobe, was our first championship. Uh, Indiana, during the finals. I can remember one game I fired out. I looked up at Kobe. Kobe gave me the, don't worry about the big dog, I got you. And he came down and hit three or four shots in a row, and I was like, damn. And then, and then after that game, that's when I said, this guy's the best friend here. Because he told me what he was going to do, because I was like, I did five hours on the roads, and I did my five again. But Kobe looked at me and said, don't worry about it. And we did no, it was, I remember, I remember the, the moment that was, um, that was probably the most important moment, uh, for me. We tried to do one. We had a really tough game, um, in Dallas. And, uh, you know, we missed like eight free throws out of stretch. Right. Don't lie, I missed 13. Don't lie. <laughs> okay. So, most players, most players would hide from that, right? Like, they would look to blame somebody else or say, no, that's not what causes the loss. 
What Shaq did was just crazy. He came in the locker room and he tore the locker room to pieces. He tore the locker room to pieces because he was pissed and he was pissed at himself. Um, and he accepted the fact that that cost him a ball game. He didn't hide from it. And he used that to fuel him to become better and, and to lead us to winning championships. And that's something that sat with me. So I said, okay, he really, really cares about this thing. He's not just going to sit back and just kind of brush it under the rug. Do you think you guys missed an opportunity, though, to be yes, like the all-time best hey, because of the fact you went yeah, a separate ways? Then what all happened? Time. What happened with the two of you then? Why didn't it work out? I mean, it's just, you know, again, well, I'm, well, I'm about to speak to you, but I don't know if Again, it was just two alpha males. And then, you know, the business aspect kicked in, and a lot of people don't know about that, but the business aspect kicked in, and, you know, I was getting older, so, you know, uh, management was like, hey, you're getting older, we know you want this, but we want to give you that. And in my mind, I was like, I'm not getting older, I don't want that, I don't want that. And then they just wanted to move in a new direction. And see, the good thing about, about, about Dr. Buss, you know, Kobe said it earlier, Dr. Buss will tell you to your face. Dr. Buss called me and said, this is what we want to do, and this is what now we're going to do. If you don't accept, you have to trade it. And I always respect the Dr. Butt for that. I have no problem, no care with his family, because that's how you do business. It's the business part of it is absolutely, I mean, it's, uh, you know, kind of is what it is. I mean, organization has to go in a different direction. And, you know, I think philosophically, I mean, could you imagine I mean, how many years would Michael Jordan and Will Chamberlain be playing together, you know, with Will in his prime and Michael wanting to come up? And, and grow it. How long is that going to last? Before Mike says, you know what? Right. It's time for me to show that's what a I good analogy. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, this is that's why he and I are the most. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, we're one of a kind when it comes to to, to tandem because you literally had two alpha males playing together on one team, and that normally does not happen. What did you learn about your game playing with Shaq, Kobe? And conversely, Shaq, what was the you know the part of your game that got better because you were playing with a talent like Kobe Bryant? Shaq taught me how to lose because he he's amazing. You can see you know as he is now, like he's really, he's really outgoing, very serious. He puts his arm around guys. He always checks in with guys, always making sure that they're good. Um, so I, I learned that from him because I naturally wasn't not, you know, I wasn't like that. And I learned from Kobe that Kobe was a guy that whatever whatever he said he was going to do from age eighteen. He was going to do it. I knew that from Kobe because me and Kobe, we came in together. We played on team. We had a lot of upcoming superstars, but we were in Utah. Utah used to kill us all the time. Only one guy wanted to take the shot. I didn't want to take the shot. Nobody wanted to take a shot. This guy took three major shots. He shot airball, and I knew when I was like, you know what? This guy's not afraid. He's going to be the man. So I knew that when I got in trouble, when I wasn't playing well, I knew that that you know he was going to say to himself, Shaq's not playing well. I have to step in my game. And he's like the only you know guy besides Jordan that I've seen do that. You know what? You know what? Else? In '99, he did that, and I think Shaq realized that. You know, the kid was really competitive. It was a little crazy, and then I realized that I probably had a couple screws me because I we got the fist fight, and I actually was willing to get into a fist fight with this man. I went home. I was like, dude, I got to be with the dumbest. The most courageous kid on the face of the earth. <laughs> now that's also, that, that hasn't no, been well documented. There was a you guys yeah, almost you guys almost went at it a couple times. Yeah, all, all the time. You know, we, we do that all the time. But see, that just showed me that you know this kid ain't going back down nowhere. And like you know, Kobe seen me punk everybody in the league. So like when this kid would stand up every day, I'm like this kid ain't going back down. I knew then that if I'm down by one and I'm kicking out somebody, he's going to shoot it and he's going to make it. So. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff that, you know. And you said you're like, you know what I mean? Well, I'll go and get it. And I was comfortable with either one. Is there anything that, Shaq, you would like to take back that you ever said in the, in the given time you know, of the years? What would know, it, what, give, give us a couple then if there's a lot of things. I mean, like you just played the clip where I said I wanted to be traded. I definitely did not want to leave that so, but, but you know, that's how you got to talk when you're in business, you, you know, especially when you think you're in control. Definitely didn't want to leave LA. You know, a lot of stuff was said out of the heat of the moment. I, 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 I guarantee I don't remember a lot of stuff that they said I, because I changed my thought process of, you know what, we won three out of four. What the hell are y'all talking about? This, this is not even really a story. It's not really a story. We won three out of four. We're most talked about. Don't forget, we got the NBA record, 15 and one. We should have been went 16 and 0, but your man Iverson hit us for 55. We have the NBA record. So you're telling me now two guys that got beef is going to lead a team 15 and one championship. That's never been heard of. And I guarantee that record won't be broken for the next 30 years. Guarantee it. Nobody will ever get the 15 and one ever again for the next 30 years. I promise you that. Anything you want to take back, Kobe, that was maybe like, or anything you want to clarify, maybe that you said, I, I said this, but I didn't really mean that. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. When you say them at the time, you actually lose. And then when you get older, you have more perspective, and you're like, holy, that was an idiot as a kid. You know what I mean? So, to, to me, the most important thing is really just keep your mouth shut, right? We don't need to go to the press and stuff. We keep it internal, and we, you know, we have our arguments and our disagreements. But I think um, having our debates within the press, um, was something I wish would have been avoided, but it did kind of create this, this whirlwind around us as a team with myself and Shaq and the practice media that just put so much pressure on the organization. Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed playing with them. Really. I had a great, 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 great time. And, uh, you know, appreciate it to this day. I've learned so many lessons from this guy. Like, I knew it was really leadership, community, and camaraderie, things like that. Um, I will say, Shaq, over there, Shaq, over there, he's been smiling all the time. I know he's been doing a lot of things. 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 And that's what I expect. Kobe, I gotta ask you this one question because they tried to do it, do it to me before I left, and, and definitely now. They always try to say the next, the next Shaq, and all that. Do you see the next Kobe in the league now? Um, man, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I'm kind of old, yeah. so you right. have certain players that have that aquaticness and that mentality, and all. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's tough to, tough to tell me. I mean, it's a different generation. I mean, I grew up playing against Michael and, you know, um, GT and all these stone cold assassins, John Stockton and all these guys, man. So, you know, I had that mentality, right? And you don't really see that mentality around the league nowadays. Everybody, buddy, buddy, and, you know, don't want to hurt. Joking and, right. Kobe right. Shaq's, Shaq's told us that, uh, he believes the NBA today, the product, is a lot softer than in his day. Do you agree with that? 100%. 100%. I've said that before, too. When we play in the Olympics, the physicality in the Olympics is actually they're more physical than the NBA. It's the silly thing in the world. The NBA used to be the toughest, strongest league in the world, and now um, it's not that. Now, I don't know what happened to all the seven footers. I mean, I don't you know. You know what happened. What? You know what happened, baby. We killed them all off. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, think about it. It's crazy. You can go back to when you played. You can name off 
Did Phil Jackson play favorites at all? Because I've read a lot of. No, never. So he never played favorites never. with because a never. lot of the press coverage says that he catered to you, Shaq, mainly because uh, Jerry West was coming once and said that he felt that that's what you needed. So psychologically, he played to you. No, he was. You know, he was. He was real sad, and you know, he only got said up one time when he came in. Well, y'all need to cut it out. And that's the only thing he said. I mean, it was a, it was a, you know, like a catering situation. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he really did. He really did. I, actually, you know what? You know what? Robert Ory was the whipping boy. Like you know, like you know, Robert Ory's always going to say, "I ain't gonna be your damn whipping boy." <laughs> Which one of you would make the better team executive? Uh, don't look at me. I'd fire somebody in a second. <laughs> no way. I'd yeah, I'd I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, he would. So, uh, Kobe, what are you going to do? What are you gonna, I mean, Shaq asked you, you know, you're, you're heading towards the end of your career here. So, what does the future yeah. hold for Kobe Bryant after basketball? Like, what are you going to do? On a piece I'm going to continue, continue to build this company, man. This is what I'm doing. Our first project was to do film and uh, writing that and editing and producing and building a great team around that. Um, yeah, I think you know, storytelling that inspires people and challenges the, the normal line of thinking of how to accomplish something, right? Helping them reach their full potential. That really intrigues me. How do you put those people in the public? I'm trying to think what the best team was, Shaq, that you guys played on. And I don't want Kobe to answer out loud. What was the best team you won? That's the best team you ever won. Same answer, Kobe? Kobe, I need you to do me one favor. I need you to apologize to your lovely wife for me. Because every time I see her and the kids, I always go, hello, Vanessa, hello, kids, I'm Uncle Shaq. She says, you say that to us every time. <laughs> like, I just want them to know Uncle Shaq. She's like, you say that to them every time. They know you me too. <laughs> no, but you know, that's so beautiful, you know, so cute. I got to go, hey, I'm Uncle Shaq. You know who you are. You say that to us all the time. So tell her, next time I see her, I promise I won't say that. Do you guys realize how much America is going to be shocked by this? This is truly no, no, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
be champions yeah. together. Uh, let me ask you one last question. Shaq, when you saw Kobe win a title, when you're sitting at home watching on TV and Kobe oh, was pissed. Okay, oh, you were pissed. You were pissed. No, because, no, oh, no, 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 no. I got four first, right? So we went through the little job, and then we had a couple years. Then they somehow got Pogasol and Byron, and they got four on the Okay, we're tired. I'm cool with the Then he gets number five, and then the recorder, you feel good that you got one more than Shaq? And the group was like, yeah, I got one more than Shaq. Oh, shit. <laughs> they got me. So, Kobe, did you feel happy for him when he won in Miami? Uh, come no. on, come on, honest, honesty. No, honest, honestly, yeah, I did because I knew he was going to push me to win more because I always wanted to get to where Magic was, where Michael was, right? So, you know, four was something that was really on my radar, but it pushed me even more, right? It drove me even more. So, when I got five, I was like, you know, I just, I just had to, I think, help just kind of turn him momentum a little bit. Good luck in the upcoming season, Kobe. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hold, hold, hold on. One more thing, Rob, the dramatical music. I wants the dramatical music, as he says. There it is. Kobe, I just want to say I love you, brother, and I miss you. I enjoyed the times we played together. I wish we could have got the seven championships, but it is what it is. We're still the most respected, the most dominant one-two punch in Laker history. I know they're going to be talking about this. Yes, we are the most dominant one-two punch in Laker history. I don't care what nobody else says. And I love you, brother, and I miss you, and good luck this year. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah. About the two of you on a trip to Germany. Yes. Where y'all played one-on-one, supposedly, in the yes. gym, and according to you, you won. He's, yeah, he's supposed I did to win. He's supposed to smoke. We didn't I did. Play, we didn't play one-on-one. First of all, did you go to we, Germany? We, we did play we, one-on-one. We wasn't keeping score. What we were doing... Who wasn't keeping score? So... <laughs> What we were doing, we were working on our footwork on the post. We were working out individually, and then we were working on our stuff on the post. We wasn't keeping score. We just, right, we now, just playing. If, we, now, if somebody's playing a workout, and if the person scores, they keep the ball, what is that? We wasn't keeping score. <laughs> Have you ever been with him where he wasn't keeping score? That's though? the question. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's the question. Now that you know him, has he ever... I mean, please, he has a cup of coffee and keeps score okay. about who if finishes first. If he was keeping score, I was keeping score. But 11 to 3. <laughs> what? 11 to 3. I this don't remember three. that. I, 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 I'm not going to pull a number out of thin air. You, you, I, I remember you, specifically. You can't believe the guy that doesn't even know the location where we were playing at. <laughs> it's okay, a different right? country, right. but that's yeah, fine. It's a different now, country. Now, right. forget, forget this was, by the way, 21 years ago. Now, the country may be off. Now, I may forget. A lot of things. You forgot where we played. One at. thing I'm not going to forget is the score. It wasn't eleven three. Oh, it was. It's okay though. No, it was. It's all right, man. You had an off day. It's okay. It you know, Germany, Paris, eleven three. <laughs> Whatever. You had an off day, man. You know, it's, it happens to the best of us, man. So it didn't happen to me that day. <laughs> it wasn't eleven three. Kobe, I've been knowing you for a long, long time. I've always wanted to ask you this question. We kind of have similar backgrounds. I'm from New Jersey. I know you're from the Philadelphia area. You moved to Italy. I was, you know, hanging out in Germany as a youngster. How was it growing up in Italy? You know, did you live on a, you know, a, a, a place that was with all Americans or were you with Italian kids? I mean, yeah, we, um, because we were also young. You know, I was six. My sister Shay was seven. My eldest Sharia was eight. And so we were just starting elementary school, basically. 
And so our parents just immersed us in Italian culture. So we were just surrounded by Italian kids. We were just learning the language as they were. So for us, it was full immersion. And there were, there were no American bases. There was, there was nothing. It was just straight Italian. So where did you get the killer instinct from as a basketball player? So, Cause for me, I used to go on the army base and being the big kid, I used to have to play with the big guys. Mm-hmm. They used to throw me around and, and, and beat me up. Where did you get your killer instinct from? Well, yeah, I think a lot of it um, had to do with um, isolation. Growing up over there and being the only uh, African-American kid. Not being able to speak the language. I gravitated towards the game. And in that game, you find a lot of, um, um, you find solace in the game. And then when you play with kids that you know, might not um, accept you because you're an outsider, but yet when we come to play the game, that's my chance to, to, to get vengeance on them for not accepting me in the, and that's where it kind of started developing. And, and throughout the course of my life, it's always been that. It's always been the outsider and having to come in and prove, you know, or, or to seek some sort of vengeance when I play. Do you remember what you told me one day in the fall when I first met you? You said you were going to be the finish it for me. Like the greatest player of all time? Yes. Remember you told me that? No, but that sounds that sounds something. No, that sounds like it. something that I would say. <laughs> you, you, actually, you actually said that, and then you actually said I'm gonna be the Will Smith of the NBA. This is oh, really? Here, and I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, Will Smith. Times have changed. Yeah, now you know. I've always had ambition. Another thing you told me as an 18 year old, I'm gonna be better than Mike. So I, I knew it definitely drove you, and you know, it's always gonna be there those comparisons when. Somebody's come before you and you do some, I mean, I don't know if you patterned the game after him or not. I don't know if you watched him in high school, but there was a lot of similarities. But I know, I know that day you passed up Michael Jordan. I know you was probably riding in your car like, you know what, man? I, I thought I would be. But like, what happened is when I came in the league and I wanted to take more, right? And all I heard was, you know, they called him Black Panther, they called him Black Jesus and all this stuff. I said, I want to see what this is about. And, um, but what happened is that we wound up, we wound up becoming a big brother to him. Well, how you doing, man? I know where you're going. You gotta get up quick. If you knew where I was going, why you go for the fake? Mike, after you fake the ball, where else are you going? You go? your feet. Yeah, but where else are you going? In the game, I go for you. I spun all the way around. I go for these ribs right here. He saw something in me that reminded him a lot of himself when he was coming up. And he took me under his wing a lot and showed me a lot of things, taught me a lot of things, a lot of leadership things. Kobe Bryant passes the great Michael Jordan and moves into third on the NBA's so when I pass him up, I remember talking to him afterwards and saying, you know, this is kind of, it's, it's, you know, like he's still here. The information and the stuff that he's passed on to me, I'm breathing that spirit back into the game all over again, which is a lot of the reason why I try to do that now for the next generation, because he did that for me. Bill Russell did that for me. Jerry West, all these guys. But Michael in particular, what most people don't know is our story goes back when I met you um, in Orlando. In Orlando. Right. Guys had we're playing the Pacers in the playoffs in '94, and I came to a game, and you know Penny back then was my role model, and you know I looked up to him quite a bit. I asked to take a picture with him, he kind of brushed me off. I remember that. Yeah, and I came to you, asked to take a picture, and we're like, "Yeah, come here, young fella. Yeah, where you from? You know." I remember that. And uh, that's when the first time I met you. I don't know if you know this, but I was in Atlanta, still with the Orlando Magic. Uh, we get a call from, from Jerry West and my agent, 2 a.m., me and Jerome, we out of the club. Jerry West says, I got what you want. 
But that time I was asked for 150. I knew I wasn't going to get 150, but Jerry got me 120. So he called me up to the room and he put the piece of paper on the thing. And before I could sign, he stopped me. He said, let me tell you something. I just acquired this kid from Charlotte. You and him are going to get about three or four championships. I was like, who are you talking about? He said, Kobe Brown. I was like, all right, cool. I wasn't worried about nothing. I was just trying to get to that 120. I was trying to get to that 120. And that was the first time I, I knew of your greatness. And then when you came in, he was 18. He was doing a lot. And I can remember, I can remember one time in the three on two drill, you came out on Sean Rooks and you put it between, bing, 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 bing. And Dale said, Kobe, one day you're going to be a great player, but don't ever do that again. I had the opportunity, you know, to play against guys like Shaq and uh, Corey Byron Scott, Eddie Jones, Seth Sabalos, and it's been a great chain camp so far. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it to the fullest. One thing what I loved about you as an 18-year-old is, is you wanted it. A lot of guys on my team didn't want it, but right. you wanted it at, at a 18-year-old. And that's why in the Utah game, everybody talks about those air balls. I wasn't mad at you. Kobe Bryant for three, another air ball. He shoots back-to-back air balls, jazz basketball. That's why I was the first one to come grab you and say, hey, I know everybody's laughing and giggling out, but one day people will fear you mm -hmm. at the end of the game. So mm -hmm. I knew that about you as an 18th year older. You know, it was, it was fun. I remember the first practice, we had Travis Knight on the team. And, uh, I mean, you proceeded to just annihilate this kid. And, you know, just from everything, from talking trash to him to, you know, he was afraid to get on the bus. And um, one thing that I noticed about you from the jump was that you didn't respect people that you could bully. You didn't respect them, and you test them, and you'd see what they let you get away with, and you'd see if they would fold to that. And uh, that was the first thing I observed about you and um, that competitive fire that you had. And then it all started making sense to me. That's how I see him play with that rage when it comes out. And that's how I see guys, when you play, they back away from it. They're afraid of they're afraid of that that confrontation, that physicality. And uh and then I remember you taking me down to Jerry's deli. Back in the day we had the big, big flip phones, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't have one though. You had one, you put it, I said, Man, I ain't get one of those, man. That's pretty damn cool. We had the you know, the big joint and just hanging out with you, man, and uh you showing me the ropes from day one. Listen, I got beat up. I got hack and shack. I was tired, man. <laughs> I ain't spent no work. I'm going home. I'm swimming. Me and Uncle Jerome, we're sipping pina coladas. We're eating burgers. My ass is in the gym 10 hours a day. One thing I know I got, I got a kid that's going to give me 40 for yeah. he wants it. Being swept out of the playoffs in May. 96 through 99 was a frustrating point. I don't know about, well, maybe, maybe a little bit for you, but for me, being one of the best bigs in the league and having that title of not winning one, mm -hmm. I think it took toll on both of us. You know, I wanted to get it. You wanted to get it. Well, I'm at a point in my life where individual islands don't mean much anymore. I'm just, you know, uh, more worried about what the team is capable of doing. Uh, I admit I was I was probably crazy. Well, I, we, I, we both weren't necessarily yeah, stable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because my thing is, I didn't want to, for us and for me, I didn't want to have that, have that title of, I ain't got one yet. Right. I remember one day reading it, reading in the paper, oh, Shaq's averaging 20 or 30 and doing this. And the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, well, he didn't win none yet. Right. So is he great? And that just kind of, that just kind of, yeah. you know. Well, I, I, one thing that, you know, um, I understood was your necessity to have to win one. There was a lot of pressure. 
And I think there's a lot of frustration because you kept seeing this kid and everybody kept saying, okay, be patient with this kid, be patient with this kid. And you're saying, listen, I don't have patience. I have to win now. And this kid needs to develop now. I think I can remember the, the, the first time we had our first fight um, and you looked and said, okay, this is crazy. I did say that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Anyway, we're sitting, we, it was, we're playing a pickup game. We was doing a lockout season, Southwest College, playing a pickup game. We're on opposite teams. Right. And trash talking. Yes. And you kept saying, yeah, take that little, take that little. I'm like, I'm looking around. Oh, me. Yes. <laughs> right? And yeah. I said, well, hold on. It ain't going to be too many more of those little, you know. Yeah, I remember that. And what'd you say? Well, what you going to do about it? Uh, what you going to do about it? And then that's the next thing I knew. I saw a big hand coming this way. And I remember going this way. <laughs> and I remember throwing some lollipop golden <laughs> Polynesian came and caught. And then they all just kind of broke us apart, broke yeah. us up. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, man, he wants this thing. He's, it's, it's, it, it affects him. Right? I mean, he, he's, it consumes him. And then from that moment on, I knew we spoke the same language. It doesn't matter if we had disagreements with any other. Our drive to win, like we have to win. There's just no other option. All right, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get this done. And, uh, and we did it. Portland has three timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant to shoot. My favorite Kobe moment is in the finals in Indiana. I file out. Rose's 20 foot jumper, no good rebound. Should be Shaq. Smith's got it. Loose ball foul. Shaq is out again. I'm like, damn, I let the team down again. Mm-hmm. And you and you put your and you put your hand on my shoulder and said, "Don't worry, big fella, mm-hmm. I got it." Mm-hmm. And you just and you took over. Kobe fires the jumper and gives LA the lead. Shaw running one hander, fire elbow by Kobe Bryant. Oh, you can just feel the tension in this building. Reggie off the screen for three. Reggie for the win. Oh, and that's it. The Lakers take a 3-1 series lead. It doesn't get any better than this, ever. I always knew he was a bad cat, but that moment right there, because you had no fear. I, I was like, well, you know, I, I knew how much it meant to you. Right? And as brothers, you don't let your, you don't let your brother down. Right? It wasn't my time yet. This championship was yours, right? Because you had worked hard to get us to this point, right? For your whole career in Orlando and all the disappointments, and here you are. And it's my responsibility to pick that up. And then, you know, tactically, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody knows this, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we were filming, I was filming some show at UCLA the summer before, and Reggie Miller was up there, UCLA. And I said, okay, they got a really good team there. We might see these guys. And I said, well, let's play one on one. And we played one on one. I proceeded to really measure him. And see what he liked to do defensively, see where he moved, see where he was weak at, where I could exploit. And so when that happened in the finals we were here, I, I knew what I had. I knew what I could take. I knew what they, I knew what he would give me. And it was just a matter of just measuring him and going to work. So it was, it was, it was a thought out attack for him. I found out Kobe Bryant took over. He's a fabulous player. And now, Uno Moss to go. <laughs> That's it, fellas. You work all year long for it, man. Shaq the man, most dominant player in the world. Finally got one. Damn. 
After the first championship, I'm happy. Matter of fact, in my mind, I'm done. Now I can go do what I want to do. So I'm here. We go to the parade, do that. Boom. I jump on the plane, take the family back to Orlando. I'm sitting. Oh, Kobe done got their first championship. Can they get another one? Right. Will they be known as, 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 as a Laker dynasty? Can they do it again? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm mad. I'm upset. One thing I, I know I got, I know I got a guy that's going to be ready. Mm-hmm. So I met a lot of times I didn't come into camp ready because that's just how I got done. Cause my thing is I don't need to get ready for Duncan. Right. I don't need to get ready. So I don't need to get ready. I'll get ready when I get ready. So because I had you, I was able to just chill out in the summer. Do what yeah, I do. See, that's what, yeah. Joe, that's what pissed me off. <laughs> that, that was it right hey, there. Man. That, that was. <laughs> Listen, I got beat up. I got hack and shack. I was tired, man. I ain't doing no work. I'm going home. I'm swimming. Me and Uncle Jerome, we sipping pina coladas. We eating burgers. My ass is in the gym 10 hours a day. One thing I know I got, I got a kid that's going to give me 40 whenever he wants to. So, Robin is at the top of the key. He shoots it and it goes in. I'm like, Everybody's going crazy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we just won. <laughs> we won the game. I was like, I like, yeah, I'm gonna get that shot. Jealous Lakers. Told you we were gonna do it. I would love to be able to take our 01 team, match it up with the the 91 Bulls team. So I know Michael feels like that was when he was in, at his best. 91 Bulls team. The 88 Lakers, or the 89 Lakers, before Magic got hurt. And uh, roll the ball out and, you know, we can play and see what happens. But unfortunately, we can't. So to be able to sit here and say we were the best and we were better is, what difference does that make? You ask us, of course we're the best. You ask Mike and Scotty, of course they're the best. You ask Magic and Cap, of course they're the best. What makes us the best is that no other duo had as, as many outside controversies as me and you had. That's why I always say we're the most enigmatic. Nobody can figure us out. Most controversial when it comes time to step on the court. Most dominant one-two punch, little big ever created in a game. And that's my reason. Yo, Scotty and Mike, they did their thing. Kareem and Magic always did their thing. They were always smiling and hugging, but me and you weren't always smiling and hugging. No, you know me. I, I'm, I'm all, I'll always go with the tactics first. I'm trying to think, you know, how would Phil and Johnny Bach handle what we're bringing right, with you down low? Because they've never seen that. What would they do with Luke Long? That wasn't Luke at the time. It was Bill Cartwright. That's barbecue chicken. Right. So how do you, you know, that's that's always the question, right? And, and and even with the Magic team and the Showtime Lakers and the speed and this that, and the other, what people didn't understand and the small ball that people play now. If you guys were playing today, you can't play that style today. And I'm saying, hold on, man. I don't think you guys really understand how much we control pace and tempo. Because with you down there, the game stops. You can't go anywhere. Because the defense has got to come down and get you. It stops them from running out. There's nothing you can do. There's no long rebounds. There's none of that going on. The game is always chopped up because you're drawing fouls all the time. And so I'm, I just, I would love to see how they would deal with that. You remember um, playing against the, the Queens? I remember the game for seven seconds. Bryant putting the move on Christie. Rebound O'Neal. I got the rebound, and I didn't want to get hacker shot because I was playing hard. 
quick. I said, okay, <laughs> right? I, I said, so quick. I don't want to go to the line. I don't want it. I miss my fault. So I try to come back in real quick, right? I miss. I get it back. Body taps it out my hand. Robin's at the top of the key. He shoots it. And it goes in. I'm like, everybody's going crazy. I'm like, oh, shit. It was just one. I never asked Vladi this. No, I wish I, I uh, thought to ask him this. I never asked him why the hell you slapped the ball away like that. Like, if you want to slap it, slap it up and out. Yeah. Right? Put it up in the air. Like he just smacked it out. And I it was like a bounce pass. But you shot that. <laughs> you did. Yes, you did. You did. You did. You did. Go up there in game seven, we win. And my favorite moment that we ever had was on the bus leaving the arena, leaving Arco Arena. What we do? When we got there, people were, were mooning us. Uh huh. So after the game, all of us put our ass on the window <laughs> and we mooned them. <laughs> and the guy was like, and the guy was just like, <laughs> "Thank God they have camera phones back then." I know, right? It was, it was yeah, yeah. I that. that was my favorite. That was my favorite moment, man. But I knew, we, but I knew we were gonna win that game because. I could see you over there bouncing up and down. And I'm saying, I got to win the game. So I don't know if you noticed about me, but during the national anthem, I, I would always look at the other team and just see it make eye contact. So, oh, no, 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 free. So I catch Vladi's eye. And Vladi does this. Looks like, uh oh, uh oh. And then, well done, well done. I catch this first, uh, so Yakov, he puts his head down. I said, oh, we got this game. But the thing about us, we didn't give a damn. We were playing. We didn't care. We came in there like we're coming here to kick y'all ass. Cowbells, all the bells and whistles, all the stuff going on. It makes it's better actually. It was a great series. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember that story. They they got to see a lot of different shades of the moon. That night. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. All of us lined up, both sides of the bus. <laughs> I knew what I said, and you knew what he said. You knew what you said. So okay, this is it. It's coming to a head. We're gonna go in here. We're gonna be grown men about it. We're gonna fight it out. Then what comes out of it comes out of it. But you know, played myself back into it. And that's just how I how I got down. But that was only because I knew I had you. My fourth time in the finals. Thanks to that man right over there. If I didn't have you, I would have probably, you know, wore my body out, you know, just try to get ready, you know, just try to get it back again. But it worked out for us though. Because I came back and I wanted to do more. Right. And I think you playing yourself in the shape of course the season gave me the opportunity to do more and to expand, to try different things and push different things. And then when you got in the shape, it was hard then to try to build and try to dial that back. Right. Right. Because I might be going 40, 45, 50, and all sorts of stuff. It feels like, okay, we got to rein you back in now. Rain me back in for what? No, no, I'm not getting rained back in. No. I remember watching Crazy Jim Gray and Kobe. Yeah, yeah, Kobe said, "Why should he have to?" Yeah, right? so, that was you know, yeah. I was man, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't drive to practice fast enough. Now that this was me at my craziest. This is this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to drive to practice. We're going to fight. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> May get beat to a pulp, but God, you know what? It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And that's why I came to practice yeah. completely expecting that to happen. And I think. I think B. Shaw might have 
Calm, yeah. calm everybody down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was waiting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was waiting. No, funny thing is, I saw the article the night before. Uncle Jerome usually meets me at the house so we can ride together. So he wasn't there. So I wanted to beat him anyway. So I left the house at eight. As soon as I get to the radio, he like. I knew, I knew the fire that I lit. I knew what I said. And you knew what he said. You knew what you said. And you said, okay, this is it. It's coming to a head. We're going to go in here. We're going to be grown men about it. We're going to fight it out. And then what comes out of it comes out of it. That's just, just is what it is at that point. They just defined a little territory that's, you know, their area. And I think that's kind of what you see in role playing a lot of times as a coach. You see guys want to have a space that they kind of define as this is my area. You know, Kobe saying, don't, don't talk about my game. Don't, I won't talk about yours. What does, when people say whose team is, what does that mean to you? Tell me a damn thing. No, no, I just, yeah. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just now figuring that out 20 years later. Yeah. I mean, you it's, it's, um, then it did though. You know, see, here's the thing. I, I never really understood that then. I, Phil really enjoyed um, being able to, 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 to throw those little quotes out there to create that tension. But Phil was very not confrontational. Yeah, he was. Right? Very indirect. You, you couldn't get a straight thing from him. Right? It was always kind of going this way to try to create this tension within the team that he believed in his mind we would figure out later. It's going to be messy now, but when they figure it out, it's going to be like this big kumbaya moment and the team is just going to rise to a different level. Kobe finished right feed to Shaq. A three-piece and a sweep. It's an unbelievable feeling, you know, to win three in a row. It's amazing to look back and see how far we've come and now we've won three. You know, it's happened so fast. After the third one, now, we can start working on four. You know, all the old pressures of they're not winning and that, that was gone. Fast forward a little bit. We, we, we come create a super team. Gary called. We make it back to the finals. Between the circles, snaps the pass to Rip. He'll step up, baseline left. Oh! 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 The Pistons smash the Lakers in five. On the Pistons thing, that's my fault. Because I didn't get us uh, prepared to run our automatics. I didn't get Gary. I didn't get Carl. I didn't get the new guys on board enough to be able to execute properly. And we got to Detroit and it forced us to play our offense 94 feet. But we weren't ready. And we couldn't do it. And everything just capitulated from there. And, um, that's the, that sits with me. That sits with me. We should have won that. Easily. Yep. Ben Wallace guarded me. Ah, that's ridiculous. See, what they did, the whole strategy was move, move the pressure up. Yeah. If you move the pressure up, it takes away Shaquille as a threat because now you, they have to harbor the ball up the court with pressure on the perimeter. So now that forces Shaq up. So now if he has to catch the ball at the top of the key for our automatics, he's not in the paint. Now that takes up all the seconds, all the time in the world to be able to trap him. Now you got to swing it. Now you're running late on the clock. You got to force up a shot. And that was our whole plan. And, uh, I could have done a better job in leading us to counter it, man. It sucks. The Detroit Pistons have just shocked the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers repeat back-to-back titles. The LA Lakers, the 2010 NBA champions. Five of them. Five of them.
Do you think I was pissed when you got number five? Of course you were. Oh, no Eat it. I tore my house up. No doubt. I, I bet did. you did. No, I was going crazy. For the Lakers, it truly will be the end of a particular era. For Kobe Bryant, the biggest of question marks, of course, for him. If you can remember that summer, we were playing in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I think I was trying to get some new money. That's right. right. Right? That's right. And I had a nice little game in Hawaii, and I ran by the That's great right. Jackson Jerry Bus, and I was like, hey, me. So I, so I kind of knew he was upset at that. So after the game in the uh, finals, we lost. We had that team dinner. And he came in, and he sat by you and your lovely wife, Vanessa. He didn't say nothing to me. I said to myself, uh-oh. Right on the wall. <laughs> I said to myself, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So so two days later, me and me and little Sharif and Mimi, we on the counter, Mulholland State eating frog the flicks. And I hear Mitch Kupchak say, we will be taking inquiries on Shaq. I just dropped the ball still like, what? So I jumped in the car and I came out here to see Mitch. The cops was already waiting for him. Can't come in here, Shaq. <laughs> yeah, the cops waiting for you. Yeah, because yeah, he knew. Because he knew. Because I was coming out here to choke his ass. Yeah. I was good. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to choke the, the air out of Mitch. See, you know, the thing about that is I didn't get any of that because we were looking for homes. Right. We were actually looking for homes in Chicago, researching schools, um, places to live. So that was true. You were going to go to the Bulls. Yeah. There was a story in ESPN. I think it was ESPN magazine. And they asked you a question about me and Penny. And you said that we're essentially the same. I looked at that and I said, uh, no, we're not. But I think you took that the wrong way because of all the, all the misquotes and all the bad stuff. I probably I, did. And I probably, it probably used his motivation too. Yeah. Say, listen, if, if this is, the conversation. I don't want this conversation. When I retire, I don't want people to say, okay, he only won because of Shaq. As unfair as that is, Magic never won without Cap. Right? Michael never won without Scotty. So, but here I am getting stuck with this argument, which is not fair, but yet this is the argument people will make. And I'm not okay with that. So therefore I knew, okay, I gotta, I gotta go. I had actually heard that, but I didn't believe it. Oh, yeah. So Oh, okay. oh yeah, so, we're, we're looking for places in Chicago, man. We're, we're flying up there to meet with Reinsdorf and Paxson. Sunny California to go to Cold Air Chicago. Vanessa signed off on moving out to, uh, I think it was Lake Forest, I think it was, Chicago. And uh, went on a vacation to Italy. I got a phone call, Rob Palenka called me. And he said, Shaq just requested a trade. I was like, well, there goes Chicago. There's, there's no way the Lakers are going <laughs> to... We were me and Shaq in the same year. But you know what I love about the great Dr. Jerry Buss? He called me and said, hey, you're aging. Of course, I know you want the money, but I can't lose this guy. I'm going to start all over. It's certainly a disappointing day in a lot of ways in Los Angeles. I mean, to say anything else, you know, would not be telling the truth. And because I understood the business of basketball, I was upset, but I understood it. And that's why... I said, you know what? I got to keep this going. That's why I like to come back for the Christmas grains. I'm going to say something. You're going to say something. Yeah. And it was uh, ultimately good for the game. Shaq's future is certain. A big shift in the balance of power in the NBA as the league's most dominant player is headed back east, the newest member of the Miami Heat. Remember this? I'm going to bring a championship to Miami, I promise. 
Zach with a little elbow, but never looked at him, looked right over the top of Kobe's head. Before the tip, you didn't even look at your former teammate, Kobe Bryant. Why not? Shook everybody else's hand. Merry Christmas, everybody out there. All right. Thanks a lot, Shaquille. Back to you guys. I'm going to ask you a crazy question. After we split apart, were you trying to get more more championships than me? Oh, absolutely. You were? Absolutely. And I knew you were going to get one. I knew you were going to get one because of the energy, you know, going into Miami and D-Wade and everything that was there. I knew you were going to get that one. So I knew I had to get at least two or three. And the Miami Heat are champions of the basketball world! I wanted you to get that because I needed that. I wanted that. Like I wanted people to say, see, see, this is what they're missing here. This is what they gave up for, right? Kobe should have been the one to go. Now he's in Miami. He's winning. I, I, like, I needed that. I wanted that. I wanted everybody to hate me. I wanted to fuel off of that and just come back with so much anger and so much vengeance. So I wanted that. So when you won, um, right after you won, I went out to the track and I ran. I did my conditioning. I did my drills. I woke up the next morning. I hit my weights. I did my thousand shots. I did everything humanly possible to get myself ready. But I, I was, I needed it. I was like, all right, yeah, good. Good. I needed it too. <laughs> <laughs> they loved us so much. They loved to keep our beef going. Yeah. They loved it. It was entertainment for the city for so long. It was like, okay, what's going to happen? Because it was not a conversation of whether or not they're going to win the game. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, you know, yeah, never, that wasn't a topic never, of discussion. Yeah, it was like, okay, they're going to win tonight or, you know, they're going to make the playoff. It wasn't, that was never the topic. It was always, okay, what are these two going to be like tonight? Ring. I, I think this will, this will be the last game where this game gets a lot of hoopla. I don't think the public really wants to hear about it too much anymore. Jack and Kobe actually acknowledged each other on several occasions prior to the open tip. We had a game on Martin Luther King Day. I didn't want them talking about beef on that day. Remember that day? Everybody mm -hmm. was like, mm -hmm. and I just came to you and I put my hair yeah. I was like, oh, hold put his hand. And the, the you know, so-called beef was over. They're going out of their way to show the world they're getting along now, Mark. See, NBA stands for nothing but actors. Like I tell people all, this all the time, we had our disagreement, but in real life, it's not like I'm going to, you know, have an argument with you when you live with your family. Right. Like it's this life. It's always Uncle life. Shaq. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so, but we had to keep it going. So I love you, but I don't want to talk to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? How so, my ass takes. Yeah. 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 That, oh, hold on, no, I got was, it. I'm ready. No, but that was I'm something ready. different. I'm yeah, that, ready. Yeah, yeah, but that was something different. <laughs> hey. Think about that. It ain't about that. It's about P.I.G., a.k.a. Big Shaq. Now that's the difference between first and last play. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I was in a comedy club. Yeah. And y'all had lost. Ray Allen, wide open three. Bang! A 38-point lead for the Boston Celtics. And after a 22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. No, I know. Yeah, no, I know. I, lost, I get so it. I just had to do something just to keep Bruh, the crowd listen, going. I know. I know. I I used it, though. But but you know what? That was a, that right there was the beginning of the snitcher net. Yeah. I mean, because I'm in a club, in a club in New York, an <laughs> underground club. <laughs> And they say I know it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just doing it. Everybody laughing a good time. And they think I know. I get a call from Uncle Jerome. What the hell you do that, man? Like, what you talking about? What the hell is Kobe? Like, right, oh. Listen, I think I heard it 
on Power 106. Damn, they big boy. Radio? Big, <laughs> radio. Damn, big boy. They're talking about it early in the morning or something like that. Yeah, but you, but you know what I realize about people? They loved us so much. They love to keep our beef going. Yeah. They loved it. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of added, it, it, it was entertainment for the city for so was long. It? it was like, okay, what's going to happen? Because it, it was not a conversation of whether or not they're going to win the game. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it wasn't, you yeah, know, never, yeah, that never wasn't a topic that. of discussion. Yeah, it was like, that. okay, they're going to win tonight or, you know, they're going to make the playoff. It wasn't, that was never the topic. It was always, okay, what are these two going to be like tonight? Yeah. What did he say? What did he yeah, say? Yeah. We're going to reunite the two of you back together again on Valentine's Day. Yeah, what's up, young boy? What's up, man? What's up? Hey, hey. good to play with you again. It did. I had flashbacks. Felt great. The game was real easy, and we read each other very easily. And um, it was uh, it was fun to kind of you know go back to memory lane. You believe him when he says it was all a media ploy by him to grab attention and take pressure off of you? Big chief marketer? Yeah, you should say that all the time. <laughs> you should say that all the time. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, co-MVPs of All-Star 2009. I know you're not exactly the sentimental type, but when you guys are having the interaction on the court, feel like old times a little bit. Does it make you a little bit at all wistful for being able to play with Shaq, having those those moments? No. <laughs> Sha Shaq? No. <laughs> but do you remember what you did during that game to make me realize I was with you all these years? No. You don't remember? Mm -mm. So we got the co-MVP. It's me, mm -hmm. Sharif, and you sitting on stage. What'd you tell me to do? You told me to take the trophy home. That's right. Remember that? I did. And I took it home and I gave it to Sharif. Yeah. And, I, and I realized now, I was like, I think I may have messed something up. Because a lot of times that our beef was going on, you know me, I'm the master marketer. Mm -hmm. About 60% of the time, I would just say it just to keep it going. But like when you did that, when you didn't have to do that, because you know, usually they take it and they mail it. Right. Like Shaq, you know, you, and you know, Sharif loves you. Uh, so, you know, so he goes, Sharif, and you gave him a trophy. I, I, you know, I just said to myself, and I was like, Luckily, I won three out of four <laughs> with this guy, but I was a to this guy. So I, I owe you an apology. I'm going to give you an apology, but we ain't going to be doing all that crying. No. That <laughs> but thank you for that moment because uh, like Sharif loved that moment. That was the first time I was able you know, to give him something. He was there. I was going through a lot at that time. And, you know, he loved you for it. I love you for that moment. Yeah, so thank you for that moment. Thank you. Couldn't have been any, scripted any better. Uh, maybe my last one, if it is. It'll be a hell of a DVD. All-Star game is over. Now it's time to get back down to business. See if we can't get that championship. Bryant looks inside, finds Gasol. Gasol, count it. And a foul. It's official. The Lakers are NBA champions once again. LA wins the 2009 NBA title. This team is going to be around, and they're going to have to be dealt with for years to come. I mean, it was... It was kind of the perfect series playing the Celtics and then beating us in 08 and then you know having five I mean we joke about that a lot but the most important thing was beating the Celtics because of everything that they meant to this organization and it was a tough series for me most people don't know this but I had a bone spur in my ankle and then a couple of games in Boston I had to leave the game go back in the locker room and get it injected because I could barely walk I had a broken finger that I was playing with. I had a cast in my right finger. And then I was having to deal with you know, Garnett, Pierce, um, Ray Allen, uh, Rondo, Rashid Watt, I mean, all these guys. And having to figure out how to get through that series. And so 
Um, it was a big relief to win. First and foremost, it was a relief to win and get out of that series alive. If I lost two to the Celtics, man, I'd, I'd been miserable. The Lakers repeat back-to-back titles. The LA Lakers, the 2010 NBA champions. Five rings. Five of them. Do you think I was pissed when you got number five? Of course you were. Oh, no yeah. doubt. I told my house. Like, no doubt. I bet you did. No, I went crazy. Because <laughs> when I got four and you got four, I was like, hey, I yeah. got four, he got four. Let's straight. When you got that fifth one, and yeah. then hold on. You said, I just wanted to get one more. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> TV. Yeah. I said, you know what? Yeah, ain't nothing he can do about it either. We know what it means as a team, but what about individually for you? He's got one more to Shaq. <laughs> So you can take that to the bank. A couple of days later, I said, I ain't going to be able to get five. I'm 38, hips bad, knees bad. I just got a call from Steve Kerr. They trading me to, to Cleveland. Cleveland traded me to Boston. I'm like, it might be over. So this is something that I have to live with, that Kobe has five <laughs> and Shaq has four. So I got to live with that all my life. That brings me so much <laughs> joy. <laughs> but... but, but you know what I may do next week? I may sign with Golden State on your ass. So another <laughs> sign a ten day. Hey man, sign a ten day with Golden State. Oh <laughs> man, you know. Would yeah. you be mad if I did that? Nah. <laughs> yeah, you would. Nah, because you wouldn't win that one in an argument. <laughs> Three, two, one. You remember when your, your jersey retirement? And I'm walking out, and we were in a playoff race in the hunt. Going south. And we were walking out, and I gave you that. I said, man, I love you. You know, congratulations, everything. And I was just, you know, um, happy for you, you know. But I couldn't help but say, you know, this night has made a lot sweeter because I know you have four and I have five. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I told you I want to do this. Oh, yeah. This type of duo, I don't think we'll ever see again. Never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Sorry, we made it. Yes, sir. No problem. <laughs> None of that. None of that. Hold on. We got to take a picture. <laughs> give him five and give me four. Can <laughs> you get them all in the picture? Yeah. Thank you guys. Miss me by inches. <laughs> 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 by inches. Yeah. What the hell was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs>